Hello and welcome to Art for the People, a podcast that focuses on African writers, artists, and thinkers. I'm your host, Monora Wood. What you're about to hear is 10 years in the making. A conversation with the great Ghanaian writer Amata Aido. It was recorded on May 30, 2010. Amata Aido was in Lagos for what was then known as the Farafina Literary Evening, held to cap the writer's workshop facilitated by Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie. Here then are Amata Aido's thoughts and ideas about writing, African literature, and the arts 10 years ago. So welcome to Nigeria. Thank you very much. And, uh, it was a wonderful, um, it was a command performance last <laughs> night when you took the stage. I was okay. feeling so cool. <laughs> um, and you had the audience eating from the palm of your hands. I know. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, I had forgotten mm-hmm. how well received mm-hmm. I am in this country. You mm-hmm. know, like, I haven't been here in such a long time. Mm-hmm that uh, I seem to have, well, not seem, I had completely forgotten, you know, how mm-hmm. how well, mm-hmm. you know, Nigerians ha- have always kind of taken me and my work. It was so wonderful. <laughs> well done. Um, I mean, when, when I was in secondary school, you couldn't pass through secondary school back then without reading uh, The Dilemma of a Ghost. I know. And then if we Sutherland's... Um, the marriage uh, of Ananswa. The marriage of Ananswa. And I, we didn't actually know how to pronounce it. We used to say the marriage of Ananswa. Uh-huh. It was in London when I now had a few Ghanaian mm-hmm. uh, writers as yeah. friends that I noticed that they used to say Ananswa. Ananswa. The marriage of Ananswa. So um, when last were you here? Can you recall? I can recall, but mm-hmm. it's so long ago. Mm-hmm. I feel almost embarrassed mm-hmm. to actually put a timeline on it. Mm-hmm. So let me just say that I haven't been here in a long time. Mm-hmm. A long for time. all sorts of reasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, what has it been like being here this time? Oh, it's been wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, in, it's like I've been here for 48 hours mm-hmm. or less mm-hmm. and then I'm leaving tomorrow. tomorrow. Mm-hmm. But even in this short time, mm-hmm. I must confess I'm impressed. I am impressed. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, OK was assuring me that it was because we were coming uh, through town mm-hmm. on, a, you know, on an off hour. Yes. But I was, you know, like there was no traffic. Mm-hmm. And then the skyline mm-hmm. seems to be changing. Yeah. Uh, all these incredibly massive, mm-hmm. impressive, mm-hmm. Um, you know, like apartment blocks and so on and so forth. They, they 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 were not around the last time I was here, and then the art scene seems to me so dynamic. Um, I mean, beginning with of course this workshop, yes, and then I've noticed uh, that from even from this hotel and yes. the, the the civic center, yes, like the 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 visual arts, mm-hmm. um, uh, you, you know, like paintings yes. and chains and stuff seem to be a whole lot more sophisticated uh, than what you would find in your average Accra hotel. You know what I'm saying? I think um, it's like our artists are still, I mean, they have always, of course, been the big guns, I mean, who were brilliant, even in the 60s. But your, I mean, unfortunately, I think that uh, the 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 scene, yeah. art, literary, drama, a bit down in Ghana mm-hmm. as compared to here. Yeah. Um, a major literary uh, visual artist 
uh, here, of course. Mm-hmm. Sometimes he represents Ghana also. Mm-hmm. It's Elanatsui, who is from Ghana, but has lived here since the 70s. Okay. Yes, he's a professor of sculpture at uh, Nsuka, University of Nigeria, mm-hmm. Nsuka. And he's one of Africa's greatest artists, contemporary artists. Well, th- thanks for reminding mm-hmm. me of him. Mm-hmm. And of course, we still have, thank God, uh, Professor so you were saying that yes we yes, have professor I mean, global we, we have professor global mm-hmm. and uh, one or two well they have always been them mm-hmm. mm-hmm. but these are like the Giants, you know what I mean. I, I, when I said that, you know, there doesn't seem to have been too much. Well, as compared to Nigeria, yes, you know, um, too much in a way of improvement. Maybe I was not. Maybe I was definitely looking at, you know, like the middle ground. Uh, you know what? The next generation. The next generation. Um. Uh, but I don't want to go on because if mm-hmm. any guy yet, you know, reads this interview or hears it, say, Amanda, what do you know about the arts? <laughs> you know, what artists are producing in Ghana? So, mm-hmm. but all that I just wanted to say is that I've been really impressed mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. by the art scene. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Well, I mean, what you were saying about, you know, these are the giants, let's relate that to writing. You have been on the scene now since the 60s mm-hmm. of the generation of the Shonyukas, Achebe, Ngugi mm-hmm. and um, do, does there Achebe gets asked uh, about uh, you know the next generations mm-hmm. who are the ones that will take up the mantle mm-hmm. I suppose in Nigeria we already have some kind of answer in mm-hmm. the likes of Chimamanda mm-hmm. Elona Bila and so Chika. on Chika Unigwe and you know quite a number of mm-hmm. people who are coming up very forcefully um, let me now relate that to Ghana in, in, when it comes to do you uh, wonder who are the ones who will come and take up the mantle Where? that you have been mm-hmm. thank you um a little again a couple of years back the scene was kinda dry and i would have uh, hesitated a little more but uh, you know for over the past few years like a couple of years we've we too have been getting uh, a crop of young people who have been publishing um of course, nobody has, you know, is of the stature of Chimamanda. Mm-hmm. But then Chimamanda is like, I mean, even in the whole of Africa, I mean, she's one of the foremost writers in the world now. So um, we, we can't go there. But we definitely have, like I said, a crop of uh, really talented young writers coming up. Um, there is Muhammad, you know, Muhammad Ali, Ali and that's, yeah, there is Muhammad, mm-hmm. and then there is uh, Aisha Haruna Atta, mm-hmm. um, who has brought out a book, and then there is Yaba Bedu mm-hmm. with her true murder, mm-hmm. and you know, I could actually mention a few more, yes. including uh, a couple who operate from London. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. uh, so it's beginning to look a whole lot more encouraging that than it, it's been, you know, for a long time mm-hmm. between the 70s yeah. or if let's say the 80s, yeah. the 70s, 80s, and 90s, mm-hmm. it was, uh, uh, like I said, a little discouraging. But now people are coming up. Okay, thank you. Um, let me take you back to the past. You wrote The Dilemma of a Ghost at the age of 22, thereabouts. Oh, somewhere like yeah, that. Somewhere like that. Uh, I like 23. that. 23. Mm-hmm. 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 And uh, Ngugi, Achebe, Shoinka also wrote their landmark works mm-hmm. around the same time. And I'm just thinking, maybe because now the idea of somebody publishing a play that becomes um, a canon for the generations to come, 
at the age of 22 now, for my generation, it seems like a big, big deal. But back then, you lot did it. What do you think it is about, what do you think it was about the 60s that made it possible for the emergence of the likes of Amar Taido, Chinua Achebe, and to write the kind of works that you people wrote? Um, well, thanks for, you know, putting me what all these iconic figures of African literature. Um, I think, and this is purely personal, what I'm saying, these are my personal take on the issue. I suspect that uh, the you know the the whole independence Africa had been had just emerged uh, all the some of these countries had just emerged from uh, you know open colonialism or former colonialism and I think the sheer wonder the enthusiasm uh, you know the expectations I mean that that. It's it's going to be a new world, uh, and so on and so forth. Uh, must have been quite inspirational for us. That's one. And then I think that in spite of the fact that we were just emerging from colonialism and so on and so forth, uh, economic realities were slightly more... Um, positive, uh, you know, I mean, the, the life now is so uh, grim, um, people are under such pressures, so I think these are some of the, you know, the fact that we were just coming out of colonialism, uh, we had what now I tell myself, harsher, less harsh, uh, economic and other realities to deal with. Um, and then there is also the whole question, a little thorny, controversial, of the grip of, of the writer on the English language. Yeah. Um, we, 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 you know, it was like English was, I mean, you just felt like writing. And and the language mm -hmm. was not such a problem. I think um, language has also become maybe not the biggest, but definitely part of the problem. How do you mean? As in a decline in educational standards? As, as in a decline in educational standards. So this is true of Ghana also. I mean, we know that this happened here, especially in the 80s, and we're just recovering <laughs> somehow from that. So you would say that this, this was true of Ghana also. Oh, this, this has been true of Ghana. This has been true of Ghana. And I am not so sure that I can honestly say that we are even recovering. I mean, I don't, um, I don't, I don't know that we are, uh, but probably that could also be because I haven't really looked closely mm -hmm. at educational development in the last couple of years. Yeah. Um, I just find that the whole thing, or found the the scene so stressful. Thank you. I, I could ask, you know, <laughs> what do you think can be done about education, but perhaps, <laughs> perhaps it's I not will a fair ask question. the question. No, it won't be fair. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Simply because, one, um, I can only have ideas, mm -hmm. and uh, I mean, some of my ideas, mm -hmm. which, you know, could have impacted directly on education, caused so much controversy in Ghana. That I think I better. What I mean, I think I better. Uh, well, for my own, for my own um, it, peace of mind. I mean, I don't know about peace of mind. That that there must be some expression I would want to use there. Mm -hmm. uh, I think I should let go. You know what I'm saying? Because um, the, a 
country, any 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 aspect of a country's development, uh, can cannot be come out of the mind or activism of one person. What I mean, there has always to be a collective yeah. move, and I think that you know it's it's um it it it's a bit arrogant to say that because you couldn't get your ideas through from 20 years ago or 25 years ago that you know nobody is capable or not no, no group of people are capable of uh, yeah of of helping things to improve thank you you've um, talked about the exuberance of the of 60s Ghana uh, whereupon people of African descent from African, mm -hmm. uh, you know, African Americans, Caribbeans, wanted to be a part of what was happening in Nkrumah's, mm -hmm. wanted to be a part of, of it. Um, do you, is there much of that exuberance now? Do you have uh, African, you know, uh, African diasporans, so to speak, mm -hmm. still wanting to be a part of the scene in Ghana? Yes. And still thinking around the world oh, of the Dilemma of a Ghost. Oh, yeah. well, I think that one never really waned. I mean, it, it never went away. Um, um, it, I mean, I think that as far as the, the diasporic or diasporan Africans are concerned, uh, I mean, that, that, that wanting to be part of some African thing uh state you know through i mean has remained through all these years of um disenchantment and uh, more physical manifestations of disillusionment and, you know that sort of thing uh because the, we still we in ghana and maybe because of the forts and stuff uh we in ghana still get you know uh uh some substantial volume of uh, movement from both the Caribbean and the USA and and around the the African world, uh, Europe also, um, and of course with Obama coming to Accra recently, um, I think. Uh, that has that also must have kind of rekindled that 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 move you know that wave i mean or a new wave must have kindled a new wave and so on and so forth so people are coming and then there 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 were people who were coming in the the sixties the seventies the eighties who still come i mean uh, recently for instance when the wife of uh uh, uh, a former pre prime minister of Ghana, Dr. Buzia, when Mrs. Buzia died, uh, Stevie Wonder was there, you know, and he performed at her funeral uh, with uh, Singleton and so. John Singleton, the director. Yes, director. But, uh, but Singleton is something of a family person. Right? Oh, okay. You know, but anyway, Singleton was there, Wonder was there, and they were, and um, other people, mm -hmm. you know, and then, um, re you know, over the last four years or so, mm -hmm. we had Dr. Anne Adams uh, coming, leaving her job uh, as a professor um, in in a U.S. Mm -hmm. university mm -hmm. to come and direct the W.E.B. Du Bois Center. Okay. And, and she's still very much part of uh, Ghanaian academic and intellectual life. Uh, Mrs. R R um, Rita Mali. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes. She, yes. She, she is like half of the year in Ghana and so on and so forth. So I think one can say with some confidence that for, for the African uh, diaspora, uh, you know, or, you know, traditional diaspora, because now people are calling Africans, you know, who, who, live, who have lived in London for two years as the diaspora. Yes. 
So we must have some way of differentiating, okay. you know, the two streams. Um, so you call the the um, people of um, Afri um, uh, African Americans, Caribbeans. You would call them which type of diaspora? Well, that would, it just occurred to me to call them traditional traditional <laughs> diaspora. But I mean, it's 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 a you know it's a formulation that just occurred to, to me, me yeah, to you know, now, while yeah. we've been talking. Yeah. Um, so the, the 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 first wave and the new wave. Mm -hmm. it, it, in some ways, would you say it? In some ways, um, show show it indicates the continuing relevance of the dilemma of a ghost, for instance, which in two thousand and seven was performed, I think, in Accra for the 50th anniversary of uh, Ghana's independence. Mm -hmm. It was also performed, as I told you last night, in, in London, London, Africa Center, mm -hmm. for in commemoration of 200 years of the abolition of the slave trade. Mm -hmm. And then it was around, in fact, it was also performed in Dublin. Okay. Uh, it was, it was uh, produced by, in fact, uh, a Nigerian mm -hmm. uh, resident, I believe, in Ireland. You know, B.C. Adeogu. Oh, B.C. Okay, yeah. You know him? We uh, yes. know of he, him, at he, least? Yes, I, he came to direct the play at the National Theatre uh -huh. here last, last year. Okay, yes. so B.C. too mm -hmm. uh, directed it in, in Dublin. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, Also in 2007. Yes, yeah. same year. Mm -hmm. In fact, around the same time. Mm -hmm. mm. Okay. When you were writing such works, did you could you see this far into the distance? Did you know that they would have this kind of relevance no so many way. decades on? I couldn't I couldn't possibly have imagined that. No way. At first I was that young. I had no I mean I just wanted to write the play. Frankly, I didn't know that it was it they would get this far. When you were talking earlier about uh, Obama coming to Ghana, mm -hmm. uh, it sort of like preempted what would have been my next question, which was that, mm -hmm. you know, uh, in The Lemma of a Ghost, Yulali, who mm -hmm. came back home with uh, mm -hmm. Ato, Ato uh, because and she said, I have come back to the source. I was going to ask you whether the idea of Af an African-American seeking to come back to an ancestral home, does it still have a place in a post-Obama world, do you think? Well, I suspect that they, you know, some, they would have to answer that because, you know, to be quite humble about this issue, uh, how uh, the, the, you know, the African diaspora, traditional African mm -hmm. diaspora, uh, how it relates to Africa has a whole lot more to do with themselves, you know, rather than us. Uh, of course, we could help by getting ourselves a little better, you know, organized, you know, for ourselves. You know what I'm saying? It must be, it, it must, it must be uh, kind of reassuring for one to go to one's ancestral home and see that things are working. You see what yeah. I'm saying? So we could help them yeah. retain this by helping ourselves, yeah. you know, but otherwise that question, you know, frankly and ultimately is for them to answer how relevant Africa is to the African diaspora. Thank you. You decided that you wanted to be a writer at around the age of 15. What do you think led to that awakening? You know, what about your childhood ensured that you became the kind of writer that you became? Mm, um, I was lucky to have grown in, 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 in an environment where maybe storytelling, not maybe, but storytelling was part of, you know, one's living experience. Um, my mother... Uh, then I later realized that we had uh, a, a kind of informal um, 
professional, what I mean, uh, I mean, to, is, would that be an oxymoron or whatever? Um, you know, yeah, um, storyteller. You know, yeah. a man who was known as a storyteller, but he wasn't any, anything from that, you know, but he, he, he was there in the, in the village. And also, I had, I had the good fortune of having for a headmaster at one point when I was in primary school in the same village mm -hmm. who was so, you know, who was very interested in getting us to tell stories to ourselves, you know, uh, week during the, you know, school hours, like in the afternoons or something. Maybe it was his way of making sure we didn't fall asleep on him because we were kids. And um, and it can get hot. Yeah, so, um, and, and, and this teacher not only had a story, telling stories to ourselves, but every now and then, over the weekend, he will haul us around the, 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 you know, the, the surrounding villages, telling stories to people. <laughs> Incredible. I mean, I, I, I couldn't have ordered this. Uh, if I had been aware that this, these were what, you know, were also helping me to become a writer. You know what I mean? I couldn't, I couldn't have known, but I suspect that it helped for me to have, to have, uh, grown up in such an environment. Mm. Thank you. And then I loved reading. Please, yeah, please um, share some of that yes. with us. Yeah. Uh, I, I realized again much later, I mean, I wasn't aware at the time that I just read. You know, I just read. I love stories. I love all these crazy, what I mean, uh, Jane Austen, Retold, and I mean, I read, I think. Um, yeah. Thank you. You you worked in the early years with the Four Sutherland. What was that like? It was wonderful. You know, um, she was just one nurturing kind of complex. I mean, you know, like a center. You know, you 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 know a cent a walking. A walking enabler. Mm -hmm. You know, um, Chimamanda w was using, because I meant it, I mean, quoted from the poem I had written for her, um, and it's true. She was just an enabler. You know, she, she, she helped, I think, uh, grow, you know, one's confidence. I mean, I don't know, I've already, uh, described how it was, how positive my, my childhood environment in the village was. But then I think I was so lucky, you know, to fall into the hands of someone like, uh, Efra Sutherland. Uh, she herself was very much committed to, to the arts, you know. Uh, she she wrote poetry. She wrote those plays. She produced, directed, and so on and so forth. And um, at one time, when I was young, you know, I had just graduated, and I was recruited to uh, to be a junior research fellow in the Institute of African Studies. I mean, I worked directly under her, uh, transcribing some of the stories. She had collected. Uh, unfortunately, I don't know what happened to that that particular collection. But I mean, generally working with with her was absolutely wonderful. Thank you. One of the uh, people that came to actually perform the dilemma of a ghost in London mm -hmm. in two thousand and seven was. Adeline Amabuabeng, who was raised, I understand, by Efwa Sutherland. Yes. 
So I thought there was uh, some Oh kind yes. Of uh in fact, she's she 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 has been one of the people who have literally, you know, uh lived in such a way that their whole life is literally uh a manifestation of what Efua did, like a tribute. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because she 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 has stayed in the arts, you know she's on stage when 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 anybody considers her suitable for a part in a play and frankly I mean one of the for me um reasons why I've always felt so good about that London production yeah. of of the dilemma of a ghost, although I couldn't be there mm-hmm. myself, was precisely the fact that someone like Amma, you know, had the chance uh, to be to be in it, to be in the production. You travel to places when reading endlessly. You write fiction, drama, and poetry. Which is your preferred genre? My preferred? Mm-hmm. Um, it used to be poetry. Mm-hmm. Uh, although, in fact, my poetry has been the least known of my writing. Uh, now, it's clearly the short story. Um, yeah. Why is that? Well, uh, the short story is the short story. I mean, one doesn't have to spin as many words, you know, as one has to for the novel. Uh, and then I like, I, I like reading short stories myself and I've, um, felt rather good that you know, I've turned out some good short stories and hope to continue turning out a few more. Um, drama, because, you know, I myself uh, killed my, if I can say, killed my uh, dramatic impulses because I swore never to write a play, you know, this whole thing, uh, unless I had a group. Uh, to work with uh, who would produce the play because the you know Anwar was produced after the play was published and somehow I don't I, what I mean now I don't understand why I should have been so traumatized instead of in fact feeling good but I I was traumatized I mean and I just swore that I wasn't going to write a play, get it published before, you know, having it produced at least once, you know, yeah. When you, do you regret that or no? Having made that decision? Well, to be honest with you, Anwar seems to have made its own life. I mean, as a really viable piece of drama so i can't go continue mourning you know the fact that uh, it, uh i hadn't seen a production of it before it was published but el- much earlier on my my grief was that oh maybe there were some things i could have changed maybe it was just as well uh in retrospect that that i i had not seen a production and had not been tempted to adjust this or that about the play because the you know I know myself the temptation would have been quite strong but then the play seems to be doing it seems to have done well on its own and since it was published it's been uh, produced so many times around yeah okay thank you you're noted for the concern for serious gender issues in your work. How do you think the condition of women in society, contemporary society has changed since the 60s or 70s when you wrote 
Anoa, um, our sister Chloe Joy. Is that um, still something for women writers to be concerned about? In fact, and uh, I would rather not elaborate because <laughs> it's a very long story and a big concern of mine. Unfortunately, I think that definitely from Accra, Ghana, I mean, it's like there are even more women are even less um, exuberant, independent. You know what I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, you know, there's something, it, it's like, uh, unfortunately, I mean, young, younger women, 20s, you know, um, especially from the universities, have be are becoming a lot more timid mm -hmm. than we were. Mm -hmm. um, I'm quite sure there can be some explanation for it, and I'm quite sure other people will say, "Oh, Amma, you you know what else can people do to please you or whatever <laughs> you know?" But but you know, this is my feeling. So there's a lot more for oh, women writers oh, to tackle. A whole lot more. A whole lot more. Um, you were saying yesterday that um, you know people say you're a political writer. You were in politics yourself briefly in the 1980s in Rollins government. How do you see your political engagement with uh, society now, Ghana society specifically? Hardly. I'm just, uh, what I'm saying in terms of active political engagement, I'm doing none. Uh, basically because I'm writing. And um, I know myself, you know. Um, I tend to just get absorbed, myself absorbed into areas of, the different areas of my life. And for the past several years, I've been teaching half of the year at Brown University and and then living, you know, being in Ghana half of the year. Mm -hmm. I've got uh, Mbassam, uh, you know, and I mean, it's, it's, it's uh, an, uh, an outfit. Mm -hmm. You call it a non a non government. Yes, uh, yes, yes, yes. Yes. Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Foundation. Mba, sorry. M B A A. M B A A. S E M. S E M. Foundation. Yes. Mba okay. just means women's affairs. Okay. Uh, women's words. Mm -hmm. You know, women's mm -hmm. affairs or women's words. Words. Okay. And uh, I've got that. Uh, you know, est I established. You know, I've kind of we we founded it. Uh, about 10 years ago, mm -hmm. and um, to do, to do well, to basically to support African women writers and their work, oh, uh, or Ghanaian, uh, Ghanaian and African women writers, uh, writers and their work. And so, between teaching at my university mm -hmm. half of the year, being in Ghana and um, tangentially uh, helping Mbassam to survive and be relevant, there's hardly any time for me to, to be in politics, even if I wanted to, and I don't. Mm -hmm. I think I, I may have also been thinking in terms of your work, in terms of writing. Yeah, is there political what? engagement still? Well, you see, what if, uh, yesterday I didn't, I didn't really, uh, you know, uh, go to, you know, I didn't go to the next step, mm -hmm. uh, and I think that in actual fact I shouldn't even have said that because it tends to bias people. Mm -hmm. uh, people are so scared of political issues that you, you, you know, so far all I'm interested in is sharing my work and leaving people to come to their own judgment. Uh, but the whole thing to do with me and my, my writing and politics is 
my explanation is that I've got, I think I've got a politicized imagination, you know? So it's like, um, I don't sit down and decide I'm going to be political. You know what I'm saying? It just comes. And frankly, I think I can only be humble, uh, to, 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 to out what my imagination gives me. Does that make any? It does. Okay. Thank you. Only yeah. three li- questions left. Oh, oh only three? Only three questions left. By then we'll be more over an hour, my dear Mona. <laughs> but ask, let's okay. see. They're very short. Uh, which writers have been an influence on your career? Oh, wow. That's not fair. <laughs> uh, because... You know, um, I told you that uh, I said earlier that I th- I've loved reading. So then I think that any writer whose work I've ever read must have, you know, taught me something. So that's for all writers. Now, if you ask me, like, writer, well, of course, I mean, in terms of, so for instance, William Shakespeare, mm-hmm. bless his heart, wherever he is, you know, <laughs> yes, me must have must have influenced me as a dramatist mm-hmm. uh, because I realized that, for instance, until I consciously changed, mm-hmm. you know, the format mm-hmm. for Anwar, the Lemma of a Ghost had acts, you know, like Shakespeare. Uh, so that 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 seems to me fairly obvious. Now, if what I mean, I think I also think that issues of the influences on a writer's work, whether of other writers or of people or events, history, uh, political realities, those are to be pointed out by the critics. Because they look, you know, it's like they are looking at your work from out there. And they see things, I mean, issues like influences, a whole lot more clearly than you, the writer, you know, you, the writer. So I know that, I, I mean, for me, for instance, Death and the King's Horseman, is like the best thing going in terms of drama. I mean, world drama, as far as I'm concerned, since it came out now. But I had already written my plays before Death and the King's Horseman was written. So you see, it couldn't have influenced either The Dilemma or Anwar. But I do know that that play for me, defines what is the best Mm -hmm. in drama, and certainly the best in African, you know, Mm -hmm. content. I mean, African drama, you see what I mean? Yes. Yes. So, incredible work, And, and so on and so forth. Then, of course, I mean, uh, Achebe, mm-hmm. uh, Achebe, I, uh, I can say maybe influenced me mm-hmm. because just knowing, I mean, coming out of the English department mm-hmm. at Legon, at the University of Ghana, Legon, um, and was it my last year or something there, having this play, I mean, this novel come out, probably reinforced me in a way that I was not aware of at the time. I mean, you know, because we were so busy doing the English tradition, whatever they call the great tradition of English literature. And then, I mean, before Achebe, I hadn't even been aware that an African can write a novel (laughs) that the English department will at least you know, set, you know, I mean, talk, you you know, mm, have us uh, read as a recommended text. Later, I know it became uh, Mm -hmm. prescribed. Mm -hmm. But you see, 
I mean, that must have influenced mm-hmm. Well, if not my, yeah. So that's what I mean. Uh, on the other, I mean, it's, it's, it's a whole mix of things. Thank you very much. Thank you. You are most welcome. What are you working on now? I was very happy to hear you say I am writing, so I know you are. Yes, uh, there is a writer's superstition that you don't discuss a work that is not already at the publishers, right? So I'm working on a novel and I'm not going to discuss that. But I have just put, you know, together what I hope will be my third collection of short stories. Um, hoping it will get published you know one of these days can you share the title with us well it is still well there are two working titles okay uh and i frankly i don't know now which one uh, will be selected but the original title uh was or is uh global topsy <laughs> Global Topsy Turvy. Okay. And then recently, uh, I also thought, you know, in fact, the last um, short story I wrote mm-hmm. for that, Diplomatic Pumps. Uh, okay. So it's, it's really a toss between those two. As Diplomatic Pumps. Pounds, P O U N D. I see oh, pounds. As, yes, okay. pounds as weight. Okay, okay, okay. But it could be pounds as money. Okay. Pounds. Yes. Okay. Diplomatic. Pounds. This reminds me. You edited uh, African love stories. Yes. For Ayebia um, publishing. Ayebia and the mm-hmm. number of stories they have actually come to prominence either through winning the King Prize. What What was that like? How do you feel about that collection? I feel so wonderful about that collection. Um, uh, and frankly, now, again, in retrospect, because, uh, I mean, I would say, it was just one of these, uh, what, serendipitous mm-hmm. uh, events. Yeah. What I'm saying, when Ayebia asked me uh, whether I would edit this, I was, I didn't express uh, my reluctance to mm-hmm. her, yeah. but definitely with myself, I was a bit iffy. Collection, <laughs> you know, a collection of what love stories. You know what I'm saying. And then she sent me the manuscript, and I considered and still consider myself privileged enormously to have been put in touch of that collection, and now to have my name on it. And because they are such wonderful. Such a wonderful collection. So you're writing, you've got novel, uh, working on a novel, short story collection in the works. So there are mountains still to climb for Amata doing literature. Well, my point is, you know, um, it's one's vocation or whatever. I I don't want to go using big, uh, you know what I'm saying? It's the thing I've been doing all my life. And... I can be honest with you and say that, in actual fact, I've, you know, published less than I would want, you know, like, than I would have wished. And so if I still have, you know, the the energy (laughs) and maybe the tendency or whatever to write... I better just shut up, sit down, and write. <laughs> Thank you. One, Jara, which writers do you enjoy reading? Ooh, writers, of course. I mean, Chimamanda, I've read, I've read all three of her work, to, you know, to start from nearer home. Uh, and then, before I left, I was reading, you know, a big fat book, you know, Wolf Hall by oh. Isn't that something? I just enjoyed, you know, Alfred's book. Yeah. Won the, uh, the booker. I know it has won the booker. Mm-hmm. You know, I couldn't put this book down. And the only reason why I didn't carry it with me here is because it's big and there, there were only a few pages left for me to finish. It and I said, well, it just wouldn't be practical 
carrying this book just to read the last 20 pages. So I left it, but I've enjoyed it enormously. And then there is right now uh, an African-American male writer called Edward P. Jones. Yes. Oh, you know his work? The Known World. Yes. I thought, oh, you know, The Known World. And I've just finished his short, his short story collection, mm -hmm. you know, Lost in the City. Mm -hmm. Ah, so, and then, the, I mean, I've been enjoying all these young people. Uh, you know, Mohammed, yes, uh, Aisha, mm -hmm. I mean, uh, Bedou, mm -hmm. and so on and so forth. So it's like there are good things to read mm -hmm. around this time, and I'm just grateful. Thank you very much. You are most welcome. <laughs> unless there's, uh, well, that's it's a wrap for me, unless there's anything you want to add. No. <laughs> Art for the People special with Ama Ata Aido is brought to you in collaboration with Ake Festival Online 2020. Get more information on akefestival.org. Art for the People is supported by Radio Now 101.9 FM, Lagos. Music is by Edauto. Mimo did the producing. And I'm your host, Malara Wood. Don't forget to check out our other episodes wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.